there, everybody. Happy Masterful Living. <sighs> How wonderful to be with you. I'm on East Coast time. I am in Florida with my father and his wife. And uh, I have really good internet. Yay. <laughs> That's a nice thing. And I'm just so grateful to be able to join with you now and continue our conversation, our dialogue from last week. So let's jump to it. Let's open our hearts and open our minds. I invite you to place your hand on your heart. <sighs> Take a breath of love and gratitude with me. So grateful and so thankful for divine love lifting us healing us, nourishing us right here, right now. So grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to remember that our true nature, our true identity is that we are already free and that we are already the perfect love of God. Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we're grateful and thankful to join together to be the peace we'd like to see in the world and to recognize I am that I am and I am one with the I am presence of every being everywhere. So grateful that this is so. Taking these breaths of love and gratitude, we consciously choose to surrender everything that creates an impediment to love in our minds and in our hearts. We're grateful and thankful that we can and we do say yes to infinite intelligence leading us and guiding us through our conversation, through our divine dialogue, so that we're all uplifted, expanded, more awake, more aware, more our true selves. In grace, in gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. Beautiful. Yes. Sharing the benefits with all. One of my favorite prayers, too, I feel moved to read today is um, from the... Uh, Seven Sacred Flames, it's the Prayer of Surrender on page 229 by Master Omoria. Beloved Mother, Father, God, into thy hands I commend my being. Use my love, my thoughts, and my life in selfless service to thee. Release from me all that hinders the fulfillment of my holy purposes and ascension. Teach me to be kind in the ways of the Brotherhood of Light, direct and establish my life stream in ways that daily and hourly my true identity in God manifests. Beloved God Presence, I am Eternal Father, Mother God. May the covenant I made with thee be totally fulfilled. May I live my life to feel your love and see your light. May your will manifest on earth as it is in heaven. Into thy hands I surrender my being, that through me God be glorified in all things, and so be it. Beloved I am, beloved I am, beloved I am.
Lovely. So, we're going to take up our conversation here on spirituality and sexuality. And we were talking about pleasure, <clears throat> enjoyment, and fulfillment, which I find is an extremely valuable conversation. And I wonder if any of you have thought about that and have any uh, comments, anything that you'd like to share about that, any questions or thoughts about that. And while you're pondering that, I am going to unmute everyone so that we're all uh, live and unmuted and you can share as you wish. So here we go, unmuting everyone now. Barbara, you can either self-mute or I can mute you. So if you have a mute button on your phone. Beautiful. Hi, Jennifer. It's Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Hey, my, I have a quick question, and that is just where does fun I'm just going to take my headset off because I have a terrible echo here. Okay. What was the question, Leslie? Can you repeat it? Leslie? Sorry, now I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Lawrence, you're giving asking. us a little feedback, so I'm just going to mute you out, and you can raise your hand if you'd like to talk. Okay. Sorry, Leslie. I was, that's okay. I was just wondering where fun fit in. What do you think? I'm I'm not sure because it seems like I have enjoyment in my life, but sometimes I feel like I don't have a lot of fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anybody else feel that way? Everybody's unmuted, so except for Lauren. I'd agree with that. Well, I'm driving, but I, I feel that way. Yeah. So we've got uh, Julie and Carla. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah this I is Lana. Lana? Yeah, I feel and the And Barbara. Way. And Barbara. Mm-hmm. And Jerry. Um, I can also. Philip. Philip. And Jerry. I think I, um, this is Chris. You can't hear me, can you? I hear Chris and I hear Moira. Oh, okay. go, Chris. 
Um, I, my thing is sort of related because if you have fun in the body, doesn't that make it more, uh, I'm not a body, I am free, <laughs> you know, well, as far as, of course, I'm not a body. So, I'm not I mean, sure I understand that question. Well, I'm not a body, I am free, I am as God created me. Right. So if I'm not a body, mm-hmm. I, I haven't really thought about this until you asked the question. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a body. I am free. I am as God has created me. So if I'm not a body, why is it okay to have fun with the body? I haven't really thought about it before, but that's, you know, it has something to do with the course and the body, and I'm not a body, and things of the body or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at this. Um, fun, pleasure, enjoyment. Last week we were talking about a distinct difference between pleasure and enjoyment. Did anybody have any questions about that or comments about that, just that piece? Well, I listened. Well, I don't. I did. I haven't. I didn't listen to it. I wasn't able to. So, um, can you give like a ten or? Is there any way to take it? Give a ten or fifteen second synopsis or something? I could, but I would have to charge you extra, Carla. So I was saying that um, I I told a story about where I had a drug-induced experience where it seemed like I had a lot of fun or pleasure. But then afterwards, when I was experiencing the hangover, I realized that there's a very, very noticeable difference to me between having an experience that's fun and pleasurable and one that's enjoyable. And so the difference was really more pleasure and enjoyment. So enjoyment can definitely be fun and pleasure can definitely be fun. But to me, pleasure was related to the body and enjoyment is related to the spirit. And my experiences where it's just pleasure, for instance, Sometimes it can be so pleasurable to have an ice cream cone. Just so pleasurable. And it's also possible to have an ice cream cone and barely even notice the experience. Be on automatic pilot, hardly even present to it. So it's not that the ice cream is so pleasurable. It's the meaning that I make of the ice cream that's really pleasurable. And enjoyment is something that in my experience, there's a residue that is in my my field of energy that feels uplifting, even inspiring, that there's this um, noticeable thing that where I have an enjoyable experience of any kind that's really enjoyable versus just pleasurable. And Jerry, you, you're unmuted, and I, it looks like you're, we can hear you. So you might just consider self-muting so we don't hear you. Okay. 
except when you want to talk. And um, uh, so, for instance, that experience, that drug-induced experience, it seemed like I had a lot of pleasure at the time. But afterwards, when I tried to recall my experience, the memory was not enjoyable to me. Whereas I can tell you that, um, for instance, I went for a walk with my father today. It was very enjoyable. I, I can go back to that enjoyment in my awareness if I choose. It feels like something I carry with me. It adds to my journey in terms of upliftment and experiencing the literally an expression of love. That's what enjoyment feels more like to me. Whereas pleasure, it doesn't feel like there's love being expressed. That's the difference. So with my drug-induced experience with my friends, there was no love being expressed. Even though with some of those people, I, I loved them. But it was it was a, a, an artificial experience. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So what I am realizing as I'm walking this path along with you is the moderator has left the conference. Sorry about that. I spoke too soon about my internet. I'm going to have to see what I can do to beef it up here. Um, what was the last thing anybody heard? You're all unmuted except for Lawrence. So You started to say that you're walking this journey with us or this path with us. Okay. So as we're walking along this journey together, what I'm recognizing, and thank you, Lana, uh, is that pleasure can be of uh the the body is always the hero of the dream as a course of miracles says and all temptation is of the body 
And so we can get addicted to pleasure. We can get addicted to pain, too, of course. We all know that. We can get addicted to all kinds of things. And when we are addicted to drugs, alcohol, sex, cigarettes, and things like that, it seems like the body is addicted, but it's really the mind that is addicted. And so that addiction, for me, this is what I'm discovering, that addiction is of the mind, and it is addicted to taking us out of our direct connection with the divine. And so that direct connection with the divine, that is where we connect in love, and it is the supreme enjoyment. And this is the thing that the ego hesitates, or not hesitates, it fights very actively to keep us from recognizing that the, sorry, my, oh, just had to close that door, it's being uh, pushed by the wind. Um, so the ego works very, very actively, or it's very, it's, to me, it's more that I experience it as it's a very thick thought system uh, that's very tempting to just stay enmeshed in of take the pleasure because the enjoyment, the spiritual awakening, you know, that's just so far away it's so unattainable for me because, you know, this is the ego thought. It's so unattainable for me because I'm not good enough. I'm bad. I'm wrong. Something's wrong with me. All these different thoughts that we think. So we think, you know, this pleasure of this sex, this drugs, this alcohol, these cigarettes, whatever it is, this is all that I have. And I definitely remember feeling that way like you know sitting here drinking this alcohol eating this whatever this is all I have I really remember thinking that thought so many times this is all the pleasure that I have You know, and and at the time I thought, you know, because uh, my boyfriend isn't, you know, doing what I want or because I don't have a boyfriend or because the the man I live with is not completing me and um, or just these myriad of thoughts. And so part of this journey is to recognize that... The thought that this is the best I can do is the very thought that prevents us from experiencing the truth, the freedom, the joy. And joy is more than fun. And we know the difference because we know what it feels like to feel joy, even if it's just, you know, a fleeting moment here and there. We do know what it feels like to feel the joy. And that feeling of joy is so uplifting. It's so expansive because that's our true self, that joyful self. And so... I have a good example, Jennifer. Oh, great. 
you, I, I've, I've thought about this from last week, and this was a few years ago when I was working in my sales job, and we had like a national sales meeting type thing in New Hampshire, and we we went to one of the minors' baseball games for one of our quote fun evenings, and and I you know everybody was drinking, and, and I don't drink um, anymore, so I wasn't drinking, and and people you know people were just having fun, and I was really feeling left out because I was not having fun, and I just get so much more enjoyment from a one-on-one conversation with people. I, you know, it's just, I just don't think it's fun to be in a big group and I guess watch baseball. It's just, that's just me. But so one of the product managers that I really liked, he, he was leaving early and I was like, hey, Chad, can I get a ride back to the hotel with you? And he's like, sure. So we, it was just like a 10-minute car ride and he had been really wanting to start a family first gosh, for a long time, ever since I pretty much had known him, and he had finally met somebody, and we just talked about that a little bit, and and I just said, gosh, it, it's really it's really neat when, when God shows up just in time, isn't it? And he laughed, and he's like, no, Leslie, it is. He's like, I was just, I don't think he said praying for this to happen, but I was just, I was waiting on God, and waiting, and waiting, and waiting, and and it was it was just I can't explain, but we just had such a God moment, and it just turned that entire evening around for me. Mm. You know, it was just it was just beautiful, and I was just so happy for him. And it was just it was just neat, and and I was glad that I did take care of myself as much as I could, as far as leaving a little bit early, and you know, it's. It's just so so great when you can love yourself enough to take care of yourself. Isn't it? Yes, yes it is. Yep. And we can look at how not taking care of ourselves or managing and coping are habits. Right. I was teaching uh a bunch of week uh, workshops over the weekend um, uh, in Oklahoma City with Rich and Karen Carruthers, who are uh, in year three of Masterful Living. And uh, one of the things there I was talking about, uh, I think it was in the workshop on the seven simple steps to interrupt the patterns of fear, I, I was talking about how we get addicted to certain things and start, you know, we can really begin to be very attentive to this. So, for instance, I gave the example of people, it's not that people are addicted to coffee necessarily, although I know we've got the caffeine headaches and all that, but it's all in the mind. Honest to God, it's just in the mind. It really is because. I know that it is possible to go through any kind of withdrawal without symptoms of withdrawal. I just know that. And um, we can say it's not possible, but it is possible. For instance, I went through menopause. I barely noticed it. But I always held in my mind that it's not going to be in any way challenging or difficult for me. And it wasn't. It was not at all. It's just basically I stopped menstruating and that was it. Had a, one or two hot flashes. But I don't even think it was related to 
um, my period at the time because I think it was more because uh, I was I was in this place that, that had new carpet and it was off gassing and I was working in there and I think there was something to do with that and I don't know maybe a couple other environmental things but again all healing is at the level of the mind and um, so I was saying, let's say you really like having your coffee in the morning. I mean, I really like having my tea or whatever in the morning. And um, somebody interrupts you in that habitual experience and says, no, you're not going to be able to do that today. Come on, we're going to go. We're going to go do this or that. Most people would be angry and upset and feel um, that something bad is happening. And uh, who knows how they might act out. And uh, it's only because that coffee or tea or whatever is a habit. And they think without that routine, without that habit, somehow something bad is happening, something wrong is happening. And the habits, the habitual physical experiences, even if they're painful, become a routine that is because of its repetitive nature, the repetitive experience, same old, same old, in its way, even if it's painful, feels familiar and comforting. And so you can think of um, one of the things that's an absolute fact is uh, they say if you have a child that's being abused by their parents, even a child that's maybe being burned by cigarettes, by, from their parents, because crazy stuff happens. If you ask that young child, would they rather leave their parents and go to some place where nobody's going to hurt them or go back to their parents, those children, a lot of the time, would rather go back to their parents because that's what they know. And so to start to really look at our life and our sexuality and just say, is it outside my comfort zone to consider anything different? Breaking up the routines, different different ways of doing things. Is Does it take me out of my comfort zone? What creates a comfort zone? Is my spirit self, my higher self, actually uncomfortable? Or is it the ego that's uncomfortable? In my heart, when I'm in my loving heart, the circumstances don't make me uncomfortable. Even though I might notice, okay, there's a lot of discord and a lot of disharmony here. People are really upset and freaked out. If I'm in my loving heart, it doesn't disturb my peace. Even though I can feel the intensity of it. Does that make sense to everyone? Does that not make sense to anyone? Any questions about that? Makes sense to me. My my question about fun was just, I think of fun as just laughing a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know you've talked a lot about before about being lighthearted and, mm-hmm. and, and I know that was in my, that's in my contract for this year. And I feel like I'm getting more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm tending not to take things as serious as I used to. Right. But that's, I was just curious if anybody else felt. And fun seems like it involves money, too. Hmm. Which I don't know if, you know, like, 
I don't know. <laughs> well, and fun is different for for everyone, of course. Um, for me, it's it's fun to have dinner with people I love. That's fun for me. For me, it's fun to work on a puzzle with someone I love. To me, it's fun to do a lot of things with people I love where we can really interact and connect. I, that's why I like to play cards. I like to play board games. I, I love just to have a conversation. So for me, teaching this class, facilitating this class, it's fun for me. So is fun and joy seems feels like the same, similar. Yeah. Now, fun could also be a, an experience that's just pleasurable, but like okay, so here's let's just to to use something that's sensual um that you might do by yourself or you could do with others. Um sensual but not necessarily sexual so for me having a meal with other people is that i love can be a, one of the most fun things ever no alcohol needed just and it doesn't matter what the food is it could be grilled cheese sandwiches or it could be you know a gourmet meal that doesn't matter in the least it could be takeout pizza or peanut butter sandwiches, it, cheese and crackers, it, it just doesn't matter. But to be able to be with people I love and having um, authentic conversation, uh, laughing, crying, the whole nine yards of it, that to me is fun. Having the same meal in the same setting by myself wouldn't be fun. Now, here's another thing. I love to ski. Going skiing by myself with others, both can be fun. And there, in skiing, I'm interacting with Mother Earth. And I feel the presence of her in completely in the trees and all the beings and the nature spirits and all of that. That's fun for me. It's more fun to ski with other people, but I still can have a lot of fun skiing by myself. And that is a very sensual experience. It's all about the senses. Because in skiing, I feel like I am connecting to the earth. But when I'm eating a meal by myself, it's just, it could be very pleasurable, but it's not fun. Anybody else have some examples of things where there's a, a real difference? Hey, it's Moira. Hi, Jennifer. Hey, Moira. Um, over the last month, I've been making, or well, keeping myself uh, mostly quite, <laughs> quite miserable. I'm out of it now. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I've you know, been kind of anti-fun and not leaving the house very much, you know. Just a dip in my healing. Mm -hmm. Anyways... <clears throat> Anybody who went to Baja will remember my beautiful friend Linda who came mm -hmm. with me. I hadn't seen her for a while, maybe a month or so. 
And um, we were going to go to these um, movies, no, plays, um, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before. And um, and I'm, I'm, I was so grateful for it because as <laughs> almost from the time we met at the restaurant, we start talking, but um, we can also make each other laugh. Like, you know, we're both smart, we both have wacky sense of humour and we can just make each other laugh. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and so, and you know, so we had a lovely lunch and I think it was just, it was just lovely. Um, I wouldn't, I don't have that much fun with almost nobody else besides Linda. I mean, I can have fun with different people, but... She's probably one of the funnest people I've I know, just mm-hmm. for the for the fun that she brings out in me. But then again, that's that's you know that that didn't come the first moment we met. You know that's taken I don't know maybe ten years of increasing you know situation and time spent with each other, and then we went to the. Um, plays and then we went to um she said let's go and play some pool you know like billiards but pool mm-hmm. and, and um so it was just us you know the pub was practically empty and we just played each other a couple of games you know there was no one to uh challenge us and and that was fun too and we also like had our bouncing off of each other that was the funnest part so that's um, enjoyment, real enjoyment. And then we ordered some um, food, lovely piece of salmon, beautiful vegetables, and that was pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it just it made me, it reminded me. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Pleasure and enjoyment in the same afternoon. Mm-hmm. And being able right. to make myself laugh. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Hi. Um, fun to me is a lot of laughs uh, and just a very light-hearted time. It's also a time um, I can think of, you know, just, maybe cooking a meal, maybe with my uh, granddaughter. We get in the kitchen and just cooking, just being, you know, talking about recipes and what are we going to put in there and this and that. That's fun. And um, a couple of years ago, uh, I had, on my birthday, I wanted to go to the pier. So I took my friends and we went to the pier, Santa Monica Pier, to ride the uh, bumper cars and the roller coaster. <laughs> and that was so much fun. That was really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I feel that. Yeah, I feel both your experiences. Good examples. And... I believe that you all can, that that feeling of 
I just need to experience some pleasure now. I I feel tired. I feel confused. I feel frightened. I feel worried. I feel uh, upset in some way, shape, or form, or just um, even I want to zone out. So I'm going for what is the pleasure? What is the thing that, in a sense, rewards me? Or just, oh, I'm going to sneeze. What will, in some way, comfort me? And does anybody else relate to those feelings? Yes, I can. Um, but today was a, a rough day for some reason. I think it's because my the Christmas gifts that I've ordered have started coming. So I'm the thoughts about going through the holidays without my dad. Yeah. Were in my head all day, and so I mean, I spent hours today in tears. And normally, I can get myself out of that with some meditation and some prayers and some dancing. And I just—it was really deep and dark today for some reason, and. Um, so I was going to call my dance instructor and cancel my going to my dance class tonight and thoughts going through my head of, well, I can just go to the store and buy myself a pack of cigarettes, even though I haven't smoked in weeks now. And and I'll j- it'll just get me through the holidays. <laughs> mm. And, you know, I just wanted to zone out. I just wanted to end the pain. And I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. And so I reached out on Facebook to the group and I reached out to um, my dance instructor and um, she said, come to class. You know, this will help you. Yeah. And so I did. So um, there's five of us in the class and uh, the, the class is dance as spiritual practice so it was the right place to be and the people there were lovely about allowing me to hang in the back because I was kind of an emotional wreck and just beat the crap out of my body for 90 minutes and I felt so much better because they were there holding the space for me and helping me through it, and um, yeah, so that was fun. But I, there was, um, there was that moment when I was just like, just a thought of, well, I'll just, I'll just eat this whole bag of chocolate chips that I bought to make cookies for the holidays, or I'll just go to the store and buy that pack of cigarettes. I just wanted it to stop. Sure. Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. Can I ask you, Linda, what was the feeling or the thought that you were thinking when you were crying? Well, it was it was kind of a combination of things. 
it was um, just the idea of going through the holidays without my dad because he was not, he did not demonstrate as a happy person a lot of times, but he really loved Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, Mm -hmm. It just, it brought about another whole childish, giddy side to him. And um, so there was that. And there was just the the thoughts of my mom and my sister also having to go through that without him. The thoughts of getting ready for the holidays with that much grief and sadness when I'm the one that hosts Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and New Year's all here um, felt overwhelming because at the moment I just felt like I didn't even want to get up out of bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and that combined with the the energy and the stuff that's been swirling around um, after what happened in Paris, I think just the whole, just all of that negativity was weighing me down also. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the thing about grief is we all have our own unique process. Nobody does it the same. Mm -hmm. And I've actually heard people tell me, widows and widowers, that went to, believe it or not, that went to grief support groups that were told after one to three months after losing their spouse of 30 or 50 years, somebody saying to them that they would share in the grief um, counseling group that their friends and loved ones were saying, you got to get over it, honey. And um, so... We all have our own process of grieving, and we grieve many different kinds of things. And it is uh, about the attachment to thinking, this is how I want it, this is how I like it, this is how it should be, it shouldn't be this way. And so that grieving is giving up the attachment. Or I, I think more accurately grieving is holding on to the attachment. Yeah. And so in that experience, it's such a great teacher. So it's not a bad experience and you're not doing it wrong. It's this is how you've chosen to look at your attachments and work with them. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I do have to say that um, I think in the past I would have just not allowed myself the time to cry Mm -hmm. and get angry and just go through all those emotions. I would have just, I would have immediately gone to something to stuff it down, whether it was food or cigarettes or, you know, zoning out in front of the TV. And I, I didn't do that today. I just, I let it all come out and it was intense and it was ugly and it felt horrible. (laughs) But, um, I feel lighter having allowed myself to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Well, and and there is also the possibility of being able to ground ourselves in the body, connect to the earth, get out of oh, our yeah. head. That can take us back to spirit because remember what of course miracle says is the body's for communication. Mhm. Yeah, that's why the dance class was so good for me tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And and normally I can work through that stuff on my own, but it just, it was too deep and dark today for some reason. And um, doing it with the group was much better. Yeah. Need a little help from my friends. (laughs) Indeed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and even in those situations, we can learn that the release of the pain and the attachment to the pain, the attachment to the, that is the grief, that that release, working in that way with others, working in the body, different ways, it actually can be enjoyable to free ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was definitely joy in the release of it. And what about compared to if you had gone for the chocolate chip smoking route? (laughs) Oh, that would have been a spiral of crap. (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't have been a good way to go. I would have been beating myself up for it, and it just would have perpetuated itself. And here's the question, too, because I used to do so much self-medication. Would it have been pleasurable? Maybe for a moment, but not for long and not um, not genuinely pleasurable. I mean, I, you know... I don't know. I may have enjoyed having a few chocolate chips, but, um, yeah, it would be very short-lived. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't have been joy in it. 
Mm-hmm. It would just be pleasure of the body only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your process with us, Linda. Thank you. Anybody else like to share? Jerry, were you going to share? Oh, um, no, actually, Jennifer, I'm just listening. (laughs) I I was on mute, so sorry for the delay, but uh, no, I'm just having pleasure listening, so. Not at this time. Okay. Jennifer, I'd like I'd like to add what I was taught about grief is it takes as long as it takes. Yep. That's right. Thanks, Chris. I have a question, and, and it's not really a good segue following Linda's share, but I, on the topic of fantasy and great and um, and pleasure and stuff, I get pleasure from following uh, my teens, certain teens. Mm-hmm. But it's um, so I've been thinking a lot. Is that fantasy? Is that um, What is your feedback? I particular, and this is a hockey season. I follow the Washington hockey team a lot, pretty regularly. Well, What's hockey. Your feedback on that? Yeah. Well, hockey, you know, uh, is sinful. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I meant the. You don't. You don't. Uh, I mean that's a form of pleasure for me. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's also, it's also a form of frustration when they're doing bad, but uh, <laughs> I guess. Well, uh, and do you ever go to the games, or you just watch the games? On rarely, the- they're very expensive. Oh. I generally watch them on TV. Do you watch them with other people? No, I'm. I'm, I'm I, I, there's only one other fan, crazy fan at work that I know of. <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. So my friends are not into hockey. In right. sports, generally. Right. Well, let's, let's. So it is a solitary. In that sense, it is a solitary. Uh... Mhm. What is it you enjoy about the hockey? Or what's the pleasure in it? And it's, I, I would say it's hockey now. Um, it can be other sports too. And, uh, I like when they win. <laughs> so um, maybe it's. Fantasy. That's what I'm saying. Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'm projecting my own sense of uh, not having something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it does get in the way. I mean, sometimes I will uh, choose to watch it instead of doing something else with someone else. Right. Or listening to a class. <laughs> right. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is a was sports that, fan? Was that you, Linda? Yes. 
Who else is a sports fan? Um, I am. There are no there are no good teams in Portland. I'm sorry. <laughs> is, is, was that yeah. you, Carla, that says you are? Okay. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I I'm a big I mean I was I mean story, but I, I'm a Steeler. I was a Steeler fan. I don't know what I am if I am or not. I, I don't know. And um, it was very ingrained in my formative years. It seemed very important to me, and I I continued on. And it's interesting. It's changing. I still, I still enjoy it, and I just notice more when I watch it. Why? What I'm attached to? It's really interesting. So I enjoy it more for that. That what I'm learning, what I'm realizing, mm-hmm. more than watching. Mm. Anybody else? My husband is a big sports fan. I think he gets enjoyment from feeling the camaraderie with the other fans and connection to the players. Mm-hmm. I love PBR. I love watching uh, tennis and soccer. I don't know, um, you know, um, I don't know how to keep score, (laughs) but uh, I just like watching the games. Uh Uh-huh. What do you like about watching it? Oh, I like, hmm, I like the movement. I like soccer. I just, um, I think I like a lot of a lot of the action. I like the I like the uh, action. I like uh, in tennis. I like um, um, I guess in both of them. I, I like the movements. I love to see you know somebody finesse a serve uh, or ace a serve or whatever. And um, in soccer, I just um, I love watching um, just the movement mm-hmm. of the game as it just moves, moves, moves. Just like watching. Just it just feels good to just um, watch the movement. I like watching games that my children or grandchildren are in. And I do enjoy some hockey because I can understand it. Mm-hmm. My kids play ice hockey. Yeah, I think this is a very valuable conversation. I could say that I um, am not a sports fan, but I sometimes when I lived in LA I would go to the baseball games and when I lived in New York I would go to the baseball games I liked going to the baseball games sitting in the stands and cheering with other people doing the wave and you know charge I, I like doing all of that it's being in that energy of fun and play 
and um and uh being part of that focused group energy and there's also i think great enjoyment from people who are really good at something doing it well so to me the enjoyment that comes from watching a hockey game ostensibly is the same enjoyment that watching a ballet where you're seeing people at the top of their form and they are physically expressing their their in a sense their genius probably not their only genius but uh and that can be very thrilling and there's also this really strong sense of unity in these kinds of things similar to going to a movie with an audience so even though Philip you might be watching the game on television by yourself don't you feel unified with the people in the uh arena and with the players uh sometimes yeah yeah connected with them but i do think there's something about winning so i think that's not necessarily healthy because uh-huh. i can my i like to win and i hate to lose <laughs> yeah so there's so. the attachment yeah yeah, so that's, yeah, the suffering. Well, Jennifer, this is Jerry. When I, when I was a coach for my daughters, even as a parent, one thing I'm kind of um, not too uh, happy with myself now that I can look back is that I didn't want, I didn't want my kids to do their best. I wanted them to be the best. And I would take it personally, you know, if, if their team would lose. And um, now that I can step back from that, now that I go to my nieces and nephews games, I see parents <laughs> doing the same thing. And um, that's where I think um, it wasn't like that when my mom said it wasn't like that when we were growing up. But mm-hmm. now I think, um, you know, um, the generations now, parents have elevated sports at such a level that kids have this pressure, you know, such a pressure to perform. And that kind of takes the fun out of it for them. But I was just, you know, at that time, I I, um, I was very unconscious of that. And now I can look back. And my, my son keeps saying that, you know, I, he's glad I pushed him. I got the hitting coaches and the, you know, pitching coaches for him and that bettered his game. But, um I just remember wanting him to be the best on the team, not to do his best. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where did that come from, you know? Because I had a great time playing sports when in high school, and, you know, and my parents never had that pressure, put that pressure on me, yet I was putting that pressure mm-hmm. on my kids. But anyway, yeah. that's one change I've noticed. Yeah, let's look at that for a second. So is that similar to what... Philip is saying wanting his team to win and be the best ostensibly. It could be because I know there's that when you lose, there's a different feeling. It's one of uh, dejection and um, 
in the case of, uh, let's say, a volleyball tournament, two games you're out, meaning the weekend doesn't continue to play volleyball because you lost, you, you lost and you're out. Okay, what do we do now? So I got a lot of gratification. You talked about, um, you know, some of the attachments that we have. We didn't have these attachments or addictions. Our life wouldn't be pleasurable. So I kind of felt that way with um, my kids' sports teams, that if they weren't playing, you know, or if their season ended early, gosh, what, what am I going to do? <laughs> mm-hmm. kind, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, that was such an entertainment for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Such fun. Pleasure, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a, a different vibration of energy if the team wins or versus if the team loses. Is there more love one way or the other? Is there more love one way or the other? Yes, yeah, more um, love being expressed. It's more love being expressed. Um, I don't know. That's a good question because I've always, um, I knew my kids always did their best. Um, but they probably felt, you know, they wanted to win too. They probably felt. And what's, what's really, and I noticed with sports teams too, um, how, um, other players can get attacked. Oh gosh, that player's so crappy. You know, he should have done better. You know, and, um, he, you know, he or she just wasn't on their game, and you can just start judging the other players. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was sitting in a Sounders game, and we were up against the opposing fans, and it got just really ugly between the two. Even though, yeah, you're right, you have that unity, but when you're up against you're up against the other group of fans, it can get kind of vicious. It's like, wow, you know. Um, <laughs> just people taking this way too seriously. <laughs> and, of course, you know, the, the players can't even hear the fans a lot of the time in the stands, you know, so they're doing their thing. But I, I, I did notice, even at the, at the football game, I went with my uh, son to the Husky-Arizona game. And, uh, at any rate, the Huskies lost. And as we were leaving the um, stadium, you, you know, the uh, – this group of people were saying, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. You know, they're just really singling us out. And we're like, okay, whatever, you know. But uh, I don't know. Um, I took it in fun, but there was, I thought it was kind of, well, that's kind of rude, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But I don't know. It, I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, to get back to, I mean, I would I would love my, my children either way if they won or lost, but I, I would wish they, you know, would have won. It's always more fun. It's easier. You seem to um, get more camaraderie, when, you know, when you're on a winning team versus a loser te- losing team. It just makes things easier, if that makes sense. But the love was the same. Mm-hmm. But not among the fans. So you felt the same amount of yeah. children, but the fans. Yeah, didn't. it's yeah, especially some of the parents, um, especially when they start talking about other people's kids. That's um, that's when it gets real personal, you know, blaming um, somebody else's kid for losing the game or not. <laughs> that's when sports gets ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now that my kids are grown, I can go to my nieces and nephews. I can really be a um, 
just an observer of it all. I'm not attached. Mm-hmm. And just I can really see what's what's happening. So it. Uh, but you know, as long as the, the kids are having fun, they're making friends, they're having bonds. Um, you know, having you know, getting having some bonding there. You know, that I think that's all that matters. That it's it's for them. It's, you know, the parents have you know their issues. They just need to to get over it and work with it. But if they bring it over to involve the kids, that's when um, I think it can go south real fast. Well, it's everything is gently planned for our good. So when those experiences happen, it's to reveal the attachment. Just like when Philip is saying it upsets him if his team loses, that's there to reveal the attachment. Mm-hmm. So Philip, oh, if yeah, you definitely. released all the attachments, your team would win every time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like God's on my team side, right? <laughs> Yeah, what's the difference between that and um, praying that you win in a war, right? Praying mm-hmm. that your your team wins and the other one loses. How do we know? I understand totally what you're saying there, Jerry, about winning versus losing. However, how do we really know? What's best? Well, we don't. Yeah. So what makes it feel better? It only feels Um, better because the ego thinks something good happened, but the ego doesn't know. mm -hmm. Right, because there's always a next game. Mm Mm-hmm. In, in the last game, you, f- you forget about, mm-hmm. you know, it's always, mm-hmm. you don't know, very true. And, and uh, it's, it's it's never enough. It's, yeah. Because I notice playing cards and playing board games with loved ones that I have the same amount of enjoyment whether I win or whether I lose. The I would say the difference in the enjoyment for me comes more in just the dynamic of how we're relating to each other while we're playing. And also, if it's a little more challenging for me, if it's more uh, mentally challenging for me, I enjoy that. I have to figure out strategy or something like that. That feels more enjoyable to me, but um, it's how we relate to each other while we're playing that is really the enjoyment. And I remember excellent games that were a lot of fun, but I don't even know that I can remember who won or who lost. So that's telling me that the ego is releasing attachment. And when I was younger, I had the same love of playing games. But if I didn't win, I was upset. I 
I understand about that. So, and I'm curious, Philip, if we can go back to your question about fantasy. So, how does fantasy? How do you think fantasy might fit into this? Well, a distraction. Um, it, well, yeah, that, a, a distraction. Mhm. Yeah, you know, um definitely one of the things that most of us engage in is activities that distract us from how we feel in the present moment or just distract us from the situations that concern us. Is that a bad thing? I I I don't think it is and uh because sometimes it is a way of taking a time out that can be helpful. So uh this weekend in the workshops I was saying how uh as as you well know I tell people that when we're trying to understand things, when we're trying to figure them out and we keep uh, going after it, struggling and struggling to understand and figure things out, then we're in pure ego because the spirit already knows the answer. So a lot of times the smartest, most loving thing to do, which is the key, the most loving thing to do, because we're really practicing self-love here, the most loving thing to do is to say, I'm giving this to the Holy Spirit. I don't need to struggle to figure this out. I would like to know the best course of action to produce the most loving effect, the most beneficial effect for all concerned. Because what's best for me is always going to be best for everyone because I'm one with them. So I'm going to, I don't need to struggle to figure out the answer to this. I simply need to allow don't have to figure out how, I simply allow. And so then to be able to, in a sense, change the channel in confidence and faith and to do something else, like Einstein would go take a nap or go for a bike ride or do something else, do something that was fun and enjoyable or just simply relaxing and moving into uh, you could say, a different part of the use of his brain. So he would stop struggling, trying to figure it out, and he would just allow the answer to come. And that was one of his the secrets to his genius and his success. And it works for all of us. So what I've learned is that there can be a sense of I'm feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, tired, confused, frightened, afraid, worried, anxious, whatever it might be, uh, even grieving, and uh, sad or depressed or whatever it is, I'm going to distract myself from my feelings because my feelings are unpleasant. So I'm going to watch a game or I'm going to have some wine or eat some food or have some sex or whatever it might be. What if you say this feeling of overwhelm and tired and whatever it is, the divine alarm clock is going off. I'm going to give that to the Holy Spirit and then tune in and say, so what can I do 
that would bring me back into my heart and that would be enjoyable. And and use that word instead of pleasurable. What could be enjoyable? And then you might get, you know, watch the hockey game and enjoy the hockey game. And maybe you would have a different experience of the hockey game. Versus using the hockey game to escape. Could even use the hockey game to make to be more present in your heart. How's that feel to you, Philip? That feels good. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 easy to just label, oh, that's bad, that's wrong, or whatever, and. Um, Fantasy to me is is a definite drug that takes us out of the minute and out of the moment and out of our hearts. So just feeling this for a minute. Being able to enjoy something can be so refreshing and so restorative. Which pleasure, I don't know. I just don't get the same thing from pleasure. And pleasure can be sensual and so can enjoyment. But it's enjoy, enjoyment, if it's sensual, it's, it takes us into our heart, like Moira was talking about. So she was doing these sensual things, playing pool, eating, laughing, having fun with Linda. But it took her into her heart. And it's more challenging, I think, to do that by ourselves except in nature. That's just my experience of it. But it doesn't mean we can't. Because, for instance, one of the things that I um, started doing uh, was I, um, I got interested in drawing mandalas, and I got a mandala coloring book, and I got some a nice set of pens. And so I started... I got and then I got another coloring book and another one. <laughs> and at first I got them to play with my nephew. Hey, let's color mandalas because he likes the color. Well, let's color together. That'll be fun. That'll be enjoyable. Fun and enjoyable and pleasurable. <laughs> and um, I really enjoy doing them on my own. It's fun for me. And it's like a meditation. And you can think of other things like, you know, there are times when cleaning and changing the sheets and doing the laundry and all that stuff is not enjoyable. There's no pleasure in it. There's no fun in it. And there are other times, like one time um, 
I was traveling with Venerable, and I said to her, uh, we we were doing things, and then she was I was putting her on a plane to go to South America for a week or two. I said, before uh, we leave, what if I find out if there's a way for me to do your laundry here in the hotel, and um, then you have all clean laundry before you go to South America. And she was, oh, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, suddenly doing the laundry became enjoyable. Became a pleasure. Maybe it wasn't quite fun, but it was definitely enjoyable. Can you think of things like that? where something that might be a chore in one instance can become enjoyable in another? Well, I do like to do yard work anyhow, but not always. And uh, mm-hmm. I just started I just started because it's interesting how things progress because it seems like I started it for one reason, but then it becomes something else, which is kind of what's happening to the football. Um, I just started, you know, I'd rake my own leaves, and then other people's leaves would blow on them, and it used to upset me. And I'm like, and I just started raking everybody's leaves. And then, and for one thing, it stopped upsetting me, and it, I started enjoying it because, um, people are grateful. I mean, there's many things. I don't really interact with a lot of people, but it just felt nice. Just feels nice just to do it. For I don't know, it just feels nice. Yeah, being of service. Yeah. Yeah, doing it from love. I used to love, love, love to go to rock concerts. And I don't ever go to rock concerts anymore. I still love listening to music. I still love live music. But the experience of going to a rock concert, what was really fun for me now, the energetics are not fun for me anymore. It's too intense. And it doesn't occur to me to go. But I used to be a huge Rolling Stones fan. And, you know, I've seen them over 20 times. I used to love to go to their concerts, follow them around, and do stuff like that. I never imagined that the Rolling Stones could come to my city, and I wouldn't even go. But the last few times they came to L.A., I didn't go. Things change, and it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's always so helpful to look at the attachments, look at the attachments. And so my invitation is to really consciously choose to release the attachment and open the, just open the mind and see what the spirit is guiding us to. Whether it's uh, an experience like Linda had today or what Philip is talking about with the game or in sex and sensual experience. And just look where are you in habit and where are you choosing 
authentically in the moment. So this is this is our journey. And so when there's a, a sense of irritation and frustration, it's often because we have an attachment to the the habit, the repetitive pattern, thinking that it somehow provides our safety. But that's not where our safety lies. Yeah. Such a great conversation. Any Anybody else have anything else they'd like to add? I was just thinking about, um, this happened late last year, where it was like three or four days before Christmas, and I had a bunch of my girlfriends over and made this huge meal for them, and it didn't feel overwhelming or burdensome or difficult at all, because I was so in the moment, enjoying cooking for people that I loved, it just, it felt enjoyable. And I probably would never have done that before. I remember you talking about that last year, that that impressed you. Yeah, well, I I think I want to hold that feeling as I go through the holidays this year, Mm. um, looking for my family and getting ready for having my family over. Thank you for reminding me of that. Mm. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if I can phrase it. So, like, what's the difference? Uh, is there a, maybe there's some, you can tell me they make me feel better, the difference between, say, my cat passed away, you know, years ago, actually. And uh, sometimes I still feel sad. And I'm like, am I attached to having the companion? Or, or is it, I'm not sure if it's just like, I'm I'm overjoyed because I had that experience because it really shifted me from being able to love because I could never have a pet for a long time because I refused to energize that part of me and um, I, it feels like right now even talking about it it's uh, my tears are coming to my eyes but I'm, they're not. Oh, it's not really tears of sadness because I lost the cat, but it's actually tears of joy because what he brought to me. But there are mm-hmm. moments when I I remember playing, and I guess am I attached to that joy? I mean, I'm not sure I understand it totally. That sounds like something that's beautiful to contemplate and ask your higher self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it's a mixture of things. Gratitude. A sense of love. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, Jennifer, um, I'm sorry if, if I interrupted, if you weren't finished yet. Go ahead. Uh, and then we're going to oh, close to, out. Yep. Oh, okay. I just wanted to just mention that nothing feels more real or, or such serenity is when I'm with the people um, who I love and who love me. Either that's cooking or playing, a, doing a puzzle. There's nothing more. Um, there's no other place I'd rather be. I, mm. I just love that that uh, that energy, that that free flowing energy that flows mm. between us. I haven't yeah. been able to find that by myself, though. You know, I haven't been able to cultivate that um, on my lonesome. I've been mm. able to be in touch with that with other people, mainly my, my family, people closest to me, but I haven't been able to cultivate that on my own. I, I actually would like to. But anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, we can never be alone, mm-hmm. even though it looks like we're alone. And one thing you might just hold a, an intention or an aspiration around Jerry, is to feel that enjoyment, that upliftment uh, with the angels, with the Ascended Masters, with your I Am Presence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, because I have definitely Mm -hmm. felt it to the extreme Mm -hmm. without other people involved. Well, thank you for that. I I will try that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mhm. <sighs> so I'm going to pray and then play a song and I invite everyone to turn within. So grateful and so thankful right now for our authentic masterful living community. So grateful to open ourselves to the unprecedented flow of perfect love. So grateful to allow ourselves to know the truth that sets us free. We're grateful and thankful that we are setting ourselves free, shifting our mind and opening ourselves to the unprecedented flow of love and inspiration, healing the attachments, the grievances and the grief, allowing ourselves to live in that unlimited, enjoyment, true joy. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. And just before I play the song, I'm going to mention that uh, this Thursday I'm going to do a free class, uh, and it's uh, uh, also a preview for Masterful Living class. I'll be talking about uh, Masterful Living um, Year One next year. And so the name of this class that I'm doing this week is How to Have a Positive Experience in Your Family. And if anyone would like to come in and share uh, about their experience in Masterful Living to inspire others to consider uh, the class and to see if it's right for them. Um, 
please come and uh, I would appreciate your sharing as I know other people do because it helps people to hear other people's experiences, to hear their voices and to know what difference it made in their life and whether or not uh, it's possible for them to have a similar experience because you wouldn't believe how many people say, oh, I'd love to take your class, but I'm just not masterful. I'm like, well, you don't have to be masterful. You can. Are you interested in learning how to be masterful? So, um, hearing uh, your experiences can be really heart and mind opening for people, as you may recall yourself. <laughs> and um, yeah. So, and we do have class next week. We do. So that'll be nice. And the song I'm going to play for you is a very inspiring song to me. It's called Power of Love by the Agape Choir. I played it once in the year one class uh, uh, earlier this month. And uh, I just love this song. And it's one of the things that inspired me to name my ministry Power of Love Ministry. So it's the Agape International Choir uh, singing a song by... uh, Ricky Byers Beckwith and Michael Beckwith, and it's called The Power of Love.
Yeah. 